Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Stick around. We'll get started right after these messages. So you're listening to a podcast, obviously, and far be it from me to get too meta, but you know what? As a PR practitioner and a podcaster, I fully believe in this medium, and I think it has extremely high potential value, not only for PR professionals to promote themselves and their craft, but also for your clients. That's why I'm very excited to sit down here with Samuel Brake Gear, a technology writer turned passionate podcaster. He hosts the Loudspeaker and Brains Bite Back podcast from his home base in Medellin, Colombia. Yikes. This is our first South American. No, yep, it's our first South American guest. This is really exciting. Sam fell in love with podcasting after binging one by his favorite comedian, which I love, which gave him the idea to start one for the company he works for. It's The Sociable. So here we are. Two years later, he's hosted NASA engineers, congressional candidates, and the vice president of McAfee. He explores his passion for technology, psychology, and PR through a medium he adores. Guys, you're going to love meeting Sam. Sam, welcome to the virtual lounge. Thank you so much. Uh, I think I should probably say as well, even though I am based in South America, for any South American listeners that get excited, I'm afraid I'm British. I'm a quarter <laughs> Venezuelan, so almost there. Well, slightly, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're a quarter of a way there, I guess. I mean, no, yeah. but, but, but still you are based there. And it's funny, uh, Sam and I've met previously. I actually, I've uh, been interviewed on his show that's coming out down the road, but uh, mm-hmm. just a delightful guy, Sam. But I really enjoyed just hearing a little bit about your origin story. If you just want to give that a minute, just kind of give us, how did you get from the UK to where you were? Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a funny story. 2016, I essentially was done with the UK. I love it. I'm so proud of my home. I'm from Bristol. It's a great city. Wonderful. But I was like, you know what, this rainy gray island, there's got to be a better place to live. And I, I'm going to go out there and find it. And I left the UK, I, I donated all my possessions and anything I didn't fit in my backpack or a small little box left for my parents. Um, I just left because I knew if I had stuff there, then I'd always have the mentality of, oh, I can go back, I can go back and I've got my stuff there. Whereas if I didn't have anything, then I'd feel like everything I owned was on me and that's where my home was. So I went to the US and I bought a one-way flight to Boston. I've got some family around there, spent some time with them. I spent a couple months in the US. I went to Mexico afterwards and I traveled from Mexico down to Colombia by bus. And you can't actually get to, to from Panama to Colombia by land. So I had to get a boat from Panama to Colombia. And then when I arrived in Colombia, uh, I had the intention of staying somewhere, somewhere I liked, somewhere that was nice for a couple of years to learn Spanish. Everyone told me Medellin was wonderful. The first day I got here, I loved it. And I said, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to stay here for a couple of years. And a couple of years has now turned into three and a half years and I have no intention of leaving. Hope to get residency here. And yeah, I, I'm very happy here. You are one of the most courageous people I've ever <laughs> met. Seriously, you literally just said, I mean, whatever I can put on my back, that goes. Everything else, no anchors back home. Obviously, you did leave a box for your folks. I, I understand that. Mm. But, you know, where I 
30 years younger. <laughs> I, I tell you, I would do this. I wish I had. I had an opportunity when I was in my 20s to actually move to New York City, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And I had, I, I had pressing things back where I lived, which was Oklahoma, the center of the nation here. Um, but looking back now, you know, with your, you know, with your, with your hindsight glasses on, your 2020 hindsight, I wish I'd done it. Uh, the things that I thought were so important uh, pale compared to the idea of perhaps living in one of the greatest cities on earth. So I, I just uh, want to congratulate you on what you've done and tell you I'm, I'm sincerely in awe of somebody who has that kind of courage. It's really great. Thank you. I mean, I can't take all the credit. I have to say my, my dad has been a big inspiration. He's um, half Venezuelan, half British, but born in the US. He's a flight attendant. So he's always traveling. And from a very early age, he always taught me to travel and just be brave with these sorts of things. And my mum, she is, her family's all from one city in the UK. She's very British, but nonetheless, she has always encouraged me to go off and do these things. And it's with their blessing that I have managed to travel to the other side of the world and then set up a home here. Because I don't know if it would have been the same if one, my father hadn't taught me how to travel and be so free. And two, if my parents didn't give me the freedom and the blessing, because if they had been like, no, please don't go. Like we want you to be here. I might not have been able to make that decision. So I, I can't take all the credit, but thank you nonetheless. Yeah, there were some scary moments and sometimes when I was like, what am I doing? But it has turned out so far so good. You know, speaking of what am I doing? podcasting. <laughs> let's yeah, let's get, get into, into it. <laughs> you know, I started 2006 back when it was really just a very nascent uh, little idea. And I can recall trying to just explain to potential guests what a podcast was for years, often on different shows I've had. Um, and even today, I still kind of get the it's almost kind of a joke, unfortunately, because there's so many people now who are into it. And it's so much easier for everybody, the barriers to entry, you get people mm. basically kind of you want to be on my podcast is a little bit like, will you read my blog was 10 years right. ago? You, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean you might have a great blog or you have a great podcast, but people now are kind of in that squishy area with it. So I feel like we're constantly as podcasters and as public relations professionals constantly in this education mode. Hmm. about what is a podcast. Do you find that at all? Or am I just the only one experiencing that? Well, I do feel that my knowledge of podcasting is seems to be above others because I'm so like into it. And I forget, oh, people aren't as aware of like what podcast, especially when people ask like how to start a podcast and the most simple steps, which to me just seems so ingrained. I'm like, oh, I, I got to explain this. Uh, but nonetheless, it's definitely not necessarily a concept that I have to explain much. I mean, here in Colombia, I do occasionally because the truth is, is what I found anyway, at least with Latin America, is that adoption of podcasts is a lot slower. So in our English speaking countries, we have way more podcasts, it would seem, and a lot hung, a larger appetite for podcasts. Whereas in Latin America, that growth has been slower. And actually, the I think there is research to show that the highest consumption of Latin American podcasts, or certainly my favorite anyway, uh, Radio Ambulante, it's a really great Spanish podcast. Um, their, their highest listenership is in the US. So it shows that it's definitely something that has spread from like English-speaking Western culture, I think, anyway. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but it definitely seems like when I'm explaining my job to Colombians, that's the hardest. But in general, when I speak to people for my work and speak to contacts or I explain like what I do, it's not too hard. But yeah, I completely understand what you mean. Like I've only got into this recently in the past few years. So I still feel like somewhat of a novice, especially concerned, compared to someone like yourself 
who's been in the game for quite a while. But at the same time, I kind of feel pleased to be in it at such a time because it's so popular now that people really enjoy it. The listenership is probably the biggest that it's ever been. And on top of that, I really think that it's fantastic that it's accessible because I think it makes it more democratic. It makes, it's, makes storytelling more democratic in the sense that maybe before, if you had a story to tell, you might have to go to a publisher or maybe you have to go through all these gatekeepers. Whereas now you can just produce a podcast and put it out there. And if it's good, people will gravitate towards it, I guess. Totally agree. So let's talk about that then, since we're, we're both kind of in agreement that there is some education that we have to do, but we're probably in the golden age of podcasting still at this moment. Mm. Let's talk to, at the moment, let's talk to the PR professional about how podcasts can help them, like you and I do, with your brand as you try to get clients and broaden your uh, credibility as a thought leader in our profession. You want to go there first, and then we can talk about how PR people can use it to help their clients. Yeah, sure. What was, uh, what was the first question? Sorry, I got the first second part. question. <laughs> it would help if I were not so verbose. I understand. No, no, no. It's all good. It's, I think it's just my interpretation of it. I was like, wait, what? Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay, hey, well, let's talk about just PR people, just the profession right now, because this show obviously speaks to PR people more than anybody else. Let's tell them, let's explain to them in our, just in your parlance and in what, however long it takes you to explain it to them, why they should be considering using it to help them as thought leaders in our profession first Mm -hmm. well to be honest one of the things that i love the most about podcasting is the fact that i think you can verbally when you verbally hear someone you have an understanding of who they are and their ability to communicate knowledge far better than any kind of written form so maybe you could produce a guest article for thought leadership and definitely i think there are some strong points for that but for me and i am biased because i love audio way more than text. I think that being able to hear someone and being able to understand how well someone can articulate their ideas when put on a spot is far better than someone being able to produce an article which potentially may not have been written by them. And again, may have been edited over and over again. Whereas when someone's put on the spot, like here, what we're doing now, I mean, admittedly, we can edit this, but it's still not the same. And it still doesn't have the same capability of editing that you can a guest article. So for me, I I love that. And I know that maybe it's unfair. The barrier of entry is harder for those that don't have public speaking. But I think that public speaking is such a valuable skill that if someone's put pressure to learn that skill, then that will pay dividends. Perfect. I, I thank you. I, I, I haven't heard it expressed quite that way. I think you're right. You know, I think for me as a PR practitioner, how does it help me? I do think you just nailed something that I haven't really thought about, but obviously if you listen to this show for any few episodes, you get in a feel who I am. You, you know, I mean, I would like to think people go, I enjoy listening to Alex's show. He seems to know his stuff. He's a little goofy, but, and, and I take that just fine. That's, that's me because I get excited about what I do and I get goofy and you. silly. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's me. Authentic. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I got to say this, since I'm also a crisis communications uh, counselor, I have to reel it in a little bit when I, it, because if a potential client has heard it or another agency might want to pull me in as a sub, I have to make sure that when off air, when I'm just being myself, I have to kind of get that, that, that down. Because the reason why I think I'm having to be a little more myself on the show is because you've been here, and I, we're going to get into this in a, a little bit, but you've been here just like I have, where you may have guests who are petrified. 
And the greatest compliment I get, and I run two shows right now, this one and Mysterious Goings On, the best compliment I ever get is legitimately, and it's happened several times, I'm not tooting my own horn too much here, but beep, beep. It's just that they write back and say, by the way, I was very nervous and you made me feel so comfortable because you're so warm to me and you made me laugh. And I think that's so important. So I wanted just to add that into what you just said about how people can be more themselves and Mm -hmm. you're definitely, you're definitely up here dancing on the head of a pen because, you know, like you said, we can certainly edit this, but uh, more often than not, we don't. Mm. yeah yeah so if you're talking i'm sorry go ahead no no i was gonna say you're you're absolutely right and i think that that's the the strength of podcasting that authenticity that shines through and i feel that when talking with you i feel like i'm genuinely talking with you and it's it's the most important ingredient i'd say with a podcast host so yeah yeah i the ones who are kind of just um a little rigid i i worry about those because i don't think people will listen long term for those and you've got to be able to there's some things that you do so well you're so warm. You're, 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 there's a comfort level listening to you, but you also get great guests and you, you pull really good stuff out of them. That's the other thing too. Um, sometimes you can get a host who just frankly, they, they ask the right questions, but maybe they're not really great at pulling the mm. best answer out. And I, by the way, folks, I am certainly not saying I'm the best at that, but, uh, but I do strive to get there. So let's jump to, okay, so PR folks, this is a great thing for you. Uh, Sam has explained this very well. And then I've embroidered it to the point where you want to turn off the show. So let's get back on track. And we'll do to talk about this. So how do you tell um, PR people that they should try to use this for their clients? I mean, what's the benefit of trying to get a client, especially if you've got a client maybe who's a busy C-suite executive or somebody who doesn't have a lot in front of a camera or a microphone? What do you tell them? Okay, well, first of all, I would say one of the biggest benefits when it comes to podcasting with PR that I've, that I've seen anyway, or in my opinion, at least, is the fact that it can be fairly promotional. So if you're doing a guest article, you can't really be that promotional. Again, with like a press release, you, you don't want to keep it that promotional. You, you want to be offering substance. And of course, that's the, the main goal for podcasting. But like we said, with the authenticity, you can be your more people people are going to tune in more or less to hear your thoughts and your ideas and at that point if it does fit then you can be promotional and um also i I suppose if it's from the perspective of like say you've got a pr professional and they're trying to convince a client to to go onto podcasts one thing that i've found is that it's quite easy to get like ceos and those kinds of people on podcasts because and I'm not saying this about all CEOs, but they kind of like the sound of their own voice. So like you give them an opportunity <laughs> to like grab a mic and go on and they'll probably be up for it. <laughs> you know, I, I've never had any experience with that in my career. I've never seen a CEO <laughs> like that. Yeah, right. Oh, you, you know, you kind of nailed it there. That's, that's so true. Yeah, that's true. And uh, there is a certain amount of uh, ego boost to CEOs and, and they're in a lot of C-suite executives are the type of personality who thrive on that to a degree. So I think that's a great point. Let's, let's, uh, let's, so let's say, let's say that we've worked through this and we have either, let's just say that we have found a podcast, the loudspeaker, for example, mm-hmm. um, that wants to interview uh, one of our team members or an executive. What are the things that the PR people need to know before they get booked on? Um, we're just using your show as an example, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a well-produced show and you take it very seriously. Thank what you. are the things that maybe if they've not put their client on a show Uh, what do they need to know? So if they were going to pitch the loudspeaker, for example. Right. Okay. So I would say, first of all, listen to the show. Um, I know that's a simple one, 
but it it really does matter and i think it's important as well because you also need to qualify that it's going to be worth your your time because like we've said there are so many podcasts out there and some of them are just really not done that well and some people just don't put that much effort in and you want to find the ones where people do put effort in they're passionate about it and you want to be on those podcasts so i think that's really important to listen to it and think like okay i actually want my client to be on this or i want to be on this and then second of all i would understand the themes that they have so maybe look at the most recent ones but obviously go back as far as you need to get an understanding and then see what kind of topics they can speak on on this but i would also say that one thing that i get a lot is once we publish an episode we'll then receive like pitches for the exact same topic so like say if we do something for example like i'm thinking like brain spike back if we do something about neuromarketing then we might get a, a few pitches saying oh my client does this i saw you did this and the thing is and it's probably the same for you i'm guessing you don't necessarily want to do the same topic like back to back like each week especially if you're looking for a variety of topics so i would say the best thing is look at the topics which they've done in the past and then offer like a unique angle or a fresh spin on something and that would be the best situation i would say the best thing to go for i agree and what i might do Let's say that, 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 you, that your show, I really want to get my CEO on your show. And I see that you did two or three episodes back this same thing. Would it be effective to you if I pitched it and said, Sam, I understand you've done this. Can we get one in the can? And then you can just uh, use it when you're, whenever you're ready uh, down the road. Do you do that kind of thing? Is that a, a good argument for you at all? Yeah, yeah, that would be possible. One of the, one of the pieces of advice that I was actually given when you do receive something which maybe isn't a good fit now but would be good in the future is to say contact me in 90 days and we'll we'll touch base on this which is kind of far ahead uh, in advance but at the same time if they're genuinely interested in being on your podcast and they have something to offer that and they still contact you like those 90 days that is like a sign that they're actually meaning this like 100 they're not just like just came across your podcast and quickly sent off a pitch or or something like that so yeah, I would accept it if I thought like, okay, this is really good and I would definitely want to have this person on, I'll record it and then maybe just pause it for a while. But generally speaking, if I receive something like that, I'll probably say, you know what? I think what you got is good, but it's not right fit right now. If you contact me in 90 days, we can touch base on this and then we can see if we can produce something from it. That's a great point. I've, I've got... Uh... I've got, I think you and I are the same place. We use Matchmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, our friend James created this wonderful thing. And um, I'll get requests. And what I will do, I won't, I'll immediately back. You You went through this, I believe, right? Uh, and that, is that where we met? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just responded to you uh, and say, or to anybody, and I say, okay, well, this sounds interesting. Uh, here's my email address. Shoot me an email and we'll get the ball rolling. So, because mm-hmm. for me, that's kind of the built-in speed bump that I'm trying to do. If they don't, respond to that or send me an email well then yeah they were just going through there and just dropping requests into a, a bunch of shows yeah then the next thing i i'll get the uh the email and usually i have a form letter i send back uh i don't think i did that with you because i was so excited about the loudspeaker and i <laughs> didn't i don't think i said i don't think i sent you the the form but i sent a form letter and you got to fill this out and you've got to use my calendar link and find the dates within the window the problem i have though and this is something i want to give all you pr people a little advice on if you get a calendar link and the producer or the host of the show specifically says, okay, please don't go rooting around through the rest of my calendar. This is the week I have available for you. 
I've had so many go in and click on the calendar, like apparently not reading the full email and like scheduling the next day or, or two days. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. And I cancel it. And then a lot of them get PO, but I just say, I've said, please refer to the email. And, yeah. and I just, I don't say that to be like a jerk or anything. I just say, just, you got to remember PR people to just like you would any other media outlet, mm -hmm. respect the time of the podcaster, because I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of shows. I mean, you're doing one, you're doing one obviously for your for your employer i guess technically i am too but it's not my main it's not my main thing you know yeah. i have other work to do but i had somebody get back to me and say well according to calendly you had openings so why can't we do well because you know i need time to research you and plan for you and all this so anyway i don't mean to go on but i do um folks so really just be sure that you pay attention to what the producers or the hosts say about what they want let's get down to some just before we, we before we run um on this one for the virtual lounge closes um what are some just some basic stuff like i try to i try to tell them ahead of time i understand not everybody has a cool microphone and headset and all that but i really try to make it very clear to people if you're just in a in a room and you're kind of yelling at your laptops mic i really don't think it's going to be a good one for us because mm. if it's poor sound quality i know for a fact people just turn it right off mm -hmm. thoughts yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, it's been those cases where I've learned like trial uh, and error in the sense of I had a guest on and I thought, okay, I'm going to have to include another kind of like a prerequisite to, to send to all my guests now. And it's yeah. more a case of like, it's a, it's more of like a, a, a pitch I built up or like a, a paragraph. Can't remember if I sent it to you. I doubt it. Like when it's, that's the one thing I love about podcast hosts. It's like, they know what they're doing. So I can like take a, take a breath and relax there. But generally speaking, yeah, I always have to be like, please like try not to phone in. I use Google Hangouts. So they have the option to phone in and it, the audio is always so bad if they just phone in on a mobile. And then I'm, sometimes they don't have a head, they don't have headphones and then it's just really echoey. So I have to pull in all these things like his, his like come prepared with headphones, quiet space, please don't call in. Um, uh, here's the, a link to the shows, like to check out how it is. Uh, generally, it's not too bad. It's okay. Um, but yeah, definitely, there are certain things which um, I just want to have in order to have the best quality audio. And I'm sure you, you get that too. It's exactly right. It's on my website. It's, it's on the email I generally send. But again, you're a podcaster, so I probably didn't get all heavy with you about it because I knew it'd be fine. But, um, and I'd listen to your show. So I, yeah, the other thing too, I, I, I ask, and you and I've talked before about this, but I ask is just, you know, it's a two-way street, particularly for a lot of uh, smaller podcasts like ours. If you're going to be a guest on the show, you should, if, or you're trying to place your guest on the show or yourself on a show, make sure you say, hey, I have a pretty decent social media following or my company does. We will definitely, at least the week of the show when it drops, let yeah. everybody know, you know, that's just a nice thing to do. Um, because you are basically getting a platform on this show for 20, 25 minutes to just talk about you and, and express your thought leadership. So it's always a great thing when you're pitching a, a potential guest to say, we will, we will make sure people in our circle hears this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, you're doing them a favor. Uh, I think we mentioned this as well before you and I discussed this off air in the sense that you're producing a finished piece of work, which is like edited and sounds professional. And the least they can do is just share it. But it, it, it's difficult to always ensure that. I've been quite fortunate and I always try and tag the, the guests 
in social media so that I see if they do reshare it or anything like that. And I always send them an email saying, please tag us and I'll either send a sociable if it's Brains Bite Back, the link to the website, or I'll send them a link to publicize and say, please tag us. Um, so yeah, you always got to try and make it as easy as possible for them to like share it and like really put the pressure on. I know you do. I do as well. And uh, most of the time it goes okay, but sometimes, yeah, you just don't hear anything back, but it's, it's a wasted opportunity. It really is. It's such a shame. It is a shame, uh, but, but not to, not to be a dead horse. And I also know people get busy and just the way it goes, mm. but um, I found that the, I'm sure you have to, it's very logical, but I found the shows that just shared a few times, their downloads can be even triple Mm. with the ones that I clearly could see did not do it. And it, so you're, you're only hurting yourself as a mm -hmm. guest if you don't. Um, okay, We're, right before we wrap up here though, is there one more tip you would give PR practitioners either on getting themselves on a show or, or getting their clients on a show? Is there one more thing they should really know that most of them you think don't? Um, I suppose it's, assuming they've never done it before and they're just starting out, I would say, go for it. <laughs> I know that's bad advice or it sounds like a cop out, but like we've discussed, some people have nerves, some people are uncertain, some people aren't sure about it. And I've had friends, which I'm trying to convince to go on podcast to, to, I suppose, promote their, their careers or their talents. Whenever I come across a podcast, I'm like, Hey, you'd be great for this. And sometimes they doubt their own knowledge and they really think, Oh no, I'm not knowledgeable enough about this subject or they're too timid. And really it's like, it's like swimming. It's like at some point you just got to jump in like and trust that you can do it. I mean, maybe it's not the best analogy because obviously you could drown, <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, like you got to learn, like you, you get what I'm saying. You, you mean it's like saying, you know what? I don't want to live here anymore. I'm going to move halfway across the world. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah. Have yeah, faith in see, yourself. Ah, boom. See, Sam, break gear. Tell us, how do we, uh, how do we find you? We'll put it all in the show notes, but please tell everybody where's the best way to find you. How do we find the loudspeaker, uh, brain spike back, all of it. Let's go. Certainly. Thank you. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. If you want to reach me for any reason whatsoever, happy to chat. Uh, that's uh, Sam break gear and break is spelled B R A K E and then space G U I A. Um, and you can also find my podcast brains bite back. You can go on to any podcast platform and search brains bite back. And I should say that's bite B Y T E. Uh, and then on top of that, you can also find the loudspeaker. That's a, a PR podcast. You can find that at publicize.co. That's, uh, the host of the website. That's, that's our host. That's, uh, publicize our, um, PR agency, which I produce that for. And you can also go to social.co to find brains bite back. And there's plenty of articles relating to topics that we discuss on there. So those are the best ways to find us. Sam, I mean it when I say it, and I don't often say it in the middle of an interview. You are welcome back in the virtual lounge anytime, okay? You just, Thank if you, you ever want to come back, I'd love to have you back. I would like to hear more of your thoughts. And, and, and again, you have my uh, deepest respect and, I, and appreciation for appearing here on PR After Hours. It was absolutely my pleasure. And like many of your guests have said, you, you make it a very wonderful and comforting experience. So... Pleasure's all mine, Alex. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR, or 
Even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long, and you record your message. I get the message. I will play your audio. Just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at trafterhours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge and Until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.